Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point process, online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. Mr. Hemmings. Dave, how are you, man? Do, do you know what I did today? What? Sorry, I, I'm going right into it. I hung out with your son I this know. morning. I, got, I saw pictures. At school, and he was doing a CBC uh, interview where a bunch of kids uh, trying to debate if uh, girls play uh, less video games than boys, and he did such a good job. Did he? Was he, he? Well, and you've seen, you've told me you've seen an improvement. From from a very very shy, but he doesn't need improvement. He's amazing. It, well, but, but from from that initial, oh my remember, gosh, yeah. like yeah, like where he was, and he was saying to me, Dad, like, and he was seeing your daughter Kaya, and he was like, she's talk, she's talking so comfortably, and he, I just freeze up, and then <laughs> then he had this TV experiences, you know, and so that's just neat to hear that you're seeing him come into his own, and it's. Um, very cool that he gets you as a coach. Well, I, I think this is very exciting. And also very cool that ye- yesterday you and I had a meeting with Sean Ryan, a previous uh, yeah. guest on our Bowling Point. Yeah, yeah. And it was an incredibly dynamic meeting for a number of reasons. One, because uh, we met in person. We met on the side of the river in his incredible office and yeah. talked about the Bowling Point process. Yes. About getting him injected into that so we can... But was it lucid? It was... Well, I think it was lucid. Okay. Um, well, let's find out. Okay. Um, when we say lucid... I think about lucid dreaming when I when I think about lucid. But our guest today, which is Elise Keith, is all about lucid meetings, which is the name of her company, and she's the CEO of. Welcome to the Boiling Point, Elise. Ah, thank you so much for having me. My my daughter's name is Elise, and I when we I we did it came this name came up Elise. Um, as as many names, and we we loved it, and we said, "There's like I've never run across an Elise before." <laughs> and then the attending physician, whose name was Elise, and now I'm talking to another oh, Elise. Funny. Amazing, yeah, yeah. She's got a Y, Essie, uh, but um, but very close to your name. So it's so neat to meet another Elise. Oh, yeah. It's uh, you know, my first name is actually Jennifer, <laughs> which is a very common name. So I, I went it. to Elise also because it was unique. Oh, wow. And now they're everywhere. So you, so you, so you, you changed your name. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I went by my middle name, actually. Ah, yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. Cool. That's I, really you know cool. what? I'm going to start going as, so Dave is so common. I'm going to go as Alan. I'm going to go as Britain. Uh, okay. Which is my middle from, name. Listen, from this point forward on this podcast, you're Britain. <laughs> right. I'm Alan. All right, Alan. <laughs> so, so Elise, uh, a.k.a. Jennifer or was uh-huh. formerly known as Jennifer, tell us about Lucid Meetings because um, we're reading your bio and um, we'll, we'll, as P- anyone that's listening to the podcast knows, we'll, we'll mess it up. So we'd rather you introduce yourself <laughs> to our listeners and, um, 
and and just I want we want to dive into this topic because um, I, I'm an executive coach, as you may know, and um, you know the the death by meeting is just such a a normal topic to come up. So I I really am looking forward to learning more about lucid meetings and what you do. Fabulous! I'm excited to share. So lucid meetings. Our mission as a company is to help teams run successful meetings every day. So specifically, we look at not just what it means to run a great meeting, which is what you'll find out there from all kinds of people, you know, how to have an agenda and pay attention to time, you know, the hygiene things. Mm -hmm. We look at what does it look like in companies when they are running successful meetings all the time, right? What are the underlying systems and frameworks? You know, how do they create a common language that makes that something that's a core competitive advantage they have day after day. So it's um, a really wonderful place to play because you get to look at people coming together and loving the fact that they're doing it and having fun and being more successful as businesses. So what now what would have, like, how did this, because um, it makes sense. And it's funny, I've never, you know, and you're right, like I hear so many people learning just about kind of the, the fundamentals of a meeting, right? But it's like you're taking it to a whole nother level, which is, you know, how do we make sure, you know, like 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 table stakes is you have an agenda, right? And, you know, you have someone sure. taking notes and you have a, uh, you know, you try to stay to your time and all those sorts of things. But you're, you're talking about, you know, the quality of the meeting um, and just raising that significantly. And I'm curious about like what, wh- how did this topic come up and like, you know, how did it, you know, pull your interest and, and then... And then, you know, then you form a company around it. I started my professional career working in a company that served international standards organizations. And we're a software company. And back at the office, we were trying to make decisions like what features we should build into our software and what color the logo should be and, you know, who should get to write which piece of the the project. And we couldn't come to any kind of decisions of any kind. Like we were always fighting. And then I went and I looked to see what our customers were doing. And the customers we served are these people who were bringing together an international group of explicitly disagreeing people in conflict, basically. So you get um, folks from different companies, you get people from the government and the public and other countries all coming together into a room to decide how a standard would work. So how do USB plugs work or what how wide should roads be? Wow. That's, that's actually right? really interesting as an aside, though, to be a fly on that wall. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, so it's a fascinating world. And what I saw was that people who are not on the same team, right, who have competing interests, were able to write a standard together and make decisions. And they did it by having well-designed meetings that get them through that process. And you you observe that like so you you saw how they're communicating and recognized that it was the it was the meeting itself and the way it was designed structured and facilitated that supported a good outcome. Yes, exactly. I mean, it made it really obvious. You know, it, there was no way those people were going to walk into a room and just sort of guess about how the conversation might go or who got to talk or how a decision would be made or you know all of those kinds of things were very very clear and it worked. And back at the office, you know, we couldn't we couldn't pick a shade of blue for our <laughs> logo. I mean, it was, and we're all ostensibly on the same team, right? So that was pretty eye opening. Okay. 
And then back in the office a little bit later, we adopted um, Agile, which is a a product management Mm -hmm. methodology. And Mm -hmm. it also spells out exactly how you're going to make decisions about your software. And once we had meetings that were designed to help us get from point A to point B, and we all knew what those were going to look like, it all changed. Really? So it's like you're you're teasing us here, right? Because <laughs> I'm probably getting to it. I know she is. I guarantee she is. Um, but but I want to have a more agile podcast where we can get really we can, <laughs> we, we can do a sprint right a now. Lucid, yes. yes. Okay, bring it. Um, yes, there we go. So so tell like so so what is I mean commonly um, uh, misunderstood about the meeting that you know someone like you who who's an expert in this area. You know what? What are the things that our listeners need to know at, at at a you know just at a fundamental level to have more effective meetings? I think three things. First of all, part of the reason that so many meetings are hard to fix is that the person who always thinks meetings run well is the person leading them. Interesting. So there are, yeah. So there are basically three requirements for every effective meeting, and that's that it has a clearer purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what. You know what to expect from it, mm-hmm. right? And that you get a chance to engage. You know, you you participate. So the the leader has that built in. They walk into the room knowing what to expect. They all automatically get to participate. So they tend to think their meet the meetings that they run are fine, and then don't realize that that's actually what needs to change. So that's that's part of the. You just got to have that mind shift and realize that no, just because you think you're doing fine, probably not. Interesting. So yeah. the. <laughs> the second thing um, to tap into is that if you're talking about meetings in general, you're setting yourself up to fail. Okay, let's I, I'll unfold that or unpack that. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, I'm with. I, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm. Help me. Help me here. Help me. Okay. okay. So um, we know uh, as business people that when we go into a sales call with mm-hmm. a client. Mm-hmm. We need to design that conversation, prepare for it, and mm-hmm. be on point if we want it to succeed. Agreed. And you and, we, I, and I, would we know, t- I would typically think about what I want to walk away with at the end. Like, what would be a win? This is kind of how my, my it, head goes when I have my sales hat on, right? Absolutely, right? Okay. Same mm-hmm. thing happens if you are doing an investor pitch, mm-hmm. if you are going for an interview, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to do a webinar, right? You have a sense of, I need to prepare for this. I know what the goal is, and here's how I'm going to get to that goal. That should be the case for every meeting. And Dave, how about your meetings? There, are, you, are, are, are you following something of that, that nature? Because I find we, we've got Monday morning meetings every, every single week mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. And um, at least I find our <laughs> – and I'm the, actually, I'm not the one leading them, interestingly. But I, I find ours really effective because it's habitual. We've got – the same agenda every time. It doesn't necessarily mean it's effective, though. Uh, as I'm listening to you, at least speaking, like, uh, how often do we see that where where people think meetings are being impactful, but maybe they aren't? You know, I mean, h- half of the goal of what's happening in a meeting is human, right? So there are a series of very effective meetings that are very much about keeping a team in line and maintaining momentum in the work. And the problem becomes when people don't recognize that that's actually a value and design it to do that well. And it sounds like maybe you you actually are doing that quite successfully. Is that what your Monday meetings are for? 
Yeah, there really are two. You, you know, get get everybody around the table their opportunity to give updates and what you know wins and challenges. And uh, uh, I really do sit back as the leader, as the CEO of my company. I I do sit back and just uh, it, it goes around. But everybody's week is set correctly. <laughs> you know, in my opinion, you know. Uh, but for, there have been times where we've all stopped. Said, "Is this meeting working?" And then people have asked to adjust certain things. And you know, I found that that certainly effective but yeah yeah i, I, I don't know it's, it's really interesting hearing you speak uh about this i, I do want to go dive in deeper because i cannot stand the death by meeting and i find most meetings <laughs> that go past an hour it's like what are we doing here why is this happening <laughs> right and so like that weekly meeting that you're talking about right part of the way that reason that works is that you've collectively designed it to achieve the things you want to achieve together on a regular basis okay you're right about now that. if you're yeah. in yeah if you're in that conversation and all of a sudden something comes up that's like some big problem you're facing, right? Like maybe you've got a new market to go into or, you know, somebody quit or somebody, you know, something's happening. And then everybody decides they're going to try and solve it right there in that room. That's when things go off the rails. You know, sometimes it, you know, the conversation will go long. It rambles. You, you're not really prepared. So that's a moment to go The you know, the point of our weekly meeting is to keep us set for the week and maintain momentum. That's what those kinds of meetings are good for. Now, there's 16 distinct types of meetings. Sometimes things come up and you need to pop them out to a different kind of meeting. Mm -hmm. And knowing that things like the decision making meeting or the problem solving meeting or the let's get together and figure out what the heck is going on meeting <laughs> <laughs> they all have different ways of running that keep them within that hour and maintain that drama and momentum and clarity of getting a result that makes meetings worth doing. So one of the challenges I'm guessing that sometimes we see is kind of going back to your idea of the, you know, like, you know, the, what is the purpose? Is the purpose to solve a decision or is the purpose to have a, like in Greg's case, a, a weekly update? Right. And if you, if you start mixing purposes, then it gets confusing for people. Well, and you just can't do a very good job. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting. That's the one you bring up that I kind of think, like, I you probably bring it up because it happens on a regular basis. But there seems to be people want to jump into to problem solving um, or, you know, finding a solution to anything that comes up in a meeting. Like, I, it feels almost like there's that... A default mechanism in people is it is that am I seeing that correctly or do you have you noticed the same thing oh totally absolutely and like what is that about that like why why you know because like you know sometimes have, I'll have a coaching session with someone and you know what we're trying to try to do is is like the and you know it might be but how it's designed I need to design it more effectively you know like often I'll say well let's start with getting updates and uh, someone will start giving me updates but the updates just to hear what's gone on what's happened since we've talked last and, and then I see people have this tendency and I have to kind of pull them back to say, no, I don't need us to, you know, so this is coming up. And, you know, as I think about this and then they start going into the solution uh, mode, right? When we're just really at updates and then we look at everything and figure out, okay, what do you want to dive into? But I, f I feel like people have that tendency and I probably do as well, you know, to, to want to try to fix it in the moment. Absolutely. Well, and, uh, you know, that's, so part of what we do in our business is help people create languages and tools mm. and systems for recognizing when that's happening and having a, way, a common language that helps them move that conversation to the right place. 
how do you think like when you so when you look out there organizations in general would they how would they like assess uh, or would, is there a recognition that meetings could be more efficient and um, you know that they can use your like your the support of lucid meetings uh, there's a total recognition that meetings are a problem mm. it comes up as often the number one or number two issue cited on employee engagement surveys in the large companies, mm-hmm. you know, and especially from frontline people, uh, having too much of their time wasted in unproductive meetings comes up over and over and over again. The challenge for many organizations is that they don't have a language to address this problem in a process or system-oriented way. You know, they, they, they tackle it as ah, we must need to train people how to run better meetings mm-hmm. as an as basically an individual skill-based problem. Mm-hmm. But meetings are not something individuals do by themselves, right? It's a team, it's a team sport. Mm. So that means you need to know what the rules of the game are and give people some clear goals to go for. Um, shifting the, uh, the gear just a little bit, I think about the... 20 plus years of meetings that I've been involved with and how many years it took me to realize that the people who aren't speaking, who are naturally perhaps a a little more introvert than myself, let's say that they're not piping up because they've got nothing to say. They're not piping up because it's not the environment they feel comfortable in. And therefore the meeting is actually not being effective at all because they're not bringing what they want to bring to the table. I now realize that that is a leadership issue for setting up mm-hmm. a meeting that is safe and encouraging of of all voices. What can what can you give us on on that? Because that's a skill. It really is to to avoid what I call politicking, i.e., uh, you know, subsets of a meeting going out after the meeting's done and having the conversations that should have happened in the meeting. You know, and I can see that happening with extrovert extroversions in the room as well as introverts. Right. So, uh, and, and any insight on that? Yeah, I, and I would say it's a skill in some environments, and it's a design challenge in others, right? Because it's very hard to rely on individual leaders gaining all of the um, awareness and um, experience backing that allows them to be good at that. Mm, that's nice to hear. Thank you. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's hard. I mean, we're, we're asking our leaders to be magical superhero, you know, therapists, facilitators, and great business people. And that's, um, that's, that's unrealistic. What you can do is you can design meetings that structurally have ways for everybody to have input. You know, the, the go-around is a very simple technique that makes sure everybody speaks. Silence built into the way in which you gather feedback um, works really, really well for getting different people an opportunity to think through what they want to say and have a safe way to put it out there. Oh, that's so, cool. And, 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 and that's the uncomfortable silence in a lot of cases. But if you design it as part of the... But I, w- I would suggest, and I, I'd be curious, Lee's perspective, I think the silence is more uncomfortable for the extroverts. Extroverts, yeah. <laughs> no, no, 100%. Know? And then yeah. and then, and then, to the to the design element, you know, if, yeah, if you got someone who's more reserved by nature um, or processes information differently, um, you know, you have to build... The opportunity to, to have them contribute, I guess, is your point. Yeah, uh, right. And you can you can design it in as a tool, which means that the leader doesn't have to be magical to be able to get that engagement. 
So um, one of my favorite techniques is called um, one, two, all, where you ask a provocative question Mm -hmm. and then you ask everybody to spend, you know, one minute writing down their thoughts about it on paper in silence. Mm. And then they spend the next minute and they turn to a partner and they discuss their ideas. So even the people who don't like to speak in front of a group have been heard by at least one other person in the room, right? And then you invite, you invite people to, um, volunteer insights from the conversations they've had. Excellent. Yeah. And and we've, we've followed that Dave in our bowling point process events. Um, it's, it's really neat because we, we put on uh, live events at least about, uh, uh, it's called the boiling point process to being heard in a noisy market. And, uh, if you've got 70, 80 people in a room, there's no way we're going to have a chance to let all of them shine and, and, and speak. So we do that. We, we encourage people to write their notes down, take that time, and then turn to a partner or, or get in a group of four. And there is a magic energy, even for introverts as well, I'm sure, that, w- that when they know that their voice is heard, and even if it's one other person, what a, what a great tactic that is. Well, and what's fabulous is when you see companies that meet really successfully internally, they'll use things like that in their weekly team meetings. And, I, and so, the design of that, I always thought, I always think of that as, um, you know, facilitation of like, of a, like of an event, like we're talking about a training and, but just thinking of how important it is in, within a context of a meeting, mm. you know, is, is mm-hmm. yeah, I like, I like that thinking. So an organization recognizes like Hemming's house, Greg's company or vision coaching. We like, geez, we, we want to be better at running meetings and we call you, um, what, how, do, how do you engage an organization? How, does it, how would it start? Because we've been working on this for so long, one of the things we did is we identified different levels of performance maturity that um, organizations achieve. Okay. The first thing we would do is we would have a conversation about, you know, what have you got going on already? And depending on the size of the organizations with our really, really big clients, we do a full diagnostic where we go in and we, you know, do some surveys and interviews and all of that to figure out what's happening in the environment and where to start with a design. And then with the smaller organizations, we do a quick start where we work with the organization to help them figure out what matters most to them, create a common language for, so they understand the different types of meetings and how they use them. Mm -hmm. And then, um, help them create, basically we start with um, company-wide ground rules. You know, what are our agreements and our expectations about how we'll meet, which they can then follow up with some internal work to design the conversation they need to achieve the goals that matter to them. Oh man, there's a lot more questions I want to ask you. We're, at, we're, we're coming to the end of our segment here uh, of our meeting. Um <laughs> And, but, uh, but I think structurally, Dave, and we, and we were told this by uh, by a few guests that we got we got to ditch our half hour format and yeah, take this for, I know, <laughs> take I this know, longer. I know. Well, but but for people <laughs> to do want to to build on what Greg just asked, or mentioned there, um, to to build and Greg and you're not with us at least, but Greg has his name tag on. I just realized, so oh, yeah, it's I good. Do. So, I but, I, but I called on. you I called you Greg instead of Alan. I apologize. Oh, so, so, sorry, Britain. <laughs> yes. So. People want to learn more. I mean, I understand you've authored a, a book. Can you share uh, the title and and how people can find uh, find it and buy it from you and and, and connect uh, with you? And connect with you, yeah. Yeah. So the book is called "Where the Action Is: The Meetings That Make or Break Your Organization." It's available on 
Amazon, of course, and then through my website, which is at jeliskeith.com. Elise, incredible. Thank you. And uh, I really hope that our, our paths cross. I think, it, you know what, it, it, do, you, do, you work, do you work in Canada? Yeah. On occasion. Mm-hmm. And, and do you consult with companies? Like, will you come in and help people with their meeting structures? She just, she just told us all about that. I know. No, I'm just talking about, like, will she do that with us? Yes, of course she will. I'm, I'm going to guess yes. You know I will. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. This is, this, is, this is good. I want all of our listeners to take that in. Take, take that in because I think the world could be a better place if we all ran. Well, and, and, I, and you know what? Something I'd like to point out that, I, that, you've, that you've said earlier, at least, was you know, if you're an organization and you're using an engagement, uh, like an employee engagement survey, and this is coming up, I mean, this is the perfect opportunity because I, I think people don't know where to start. So they should start by getting your book and they should, they should, or by calling you, Elise, or your, your, your company. Um, and, and so they can find it at, uh, find you at lucidmeetings.com, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Um, and one thing that we have for you is that um, meetings are huge, right? Once you get into them, they're super complicated. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an area of specialty and you would like to work with us, we collaborate aggressively. Okay. Because there's a million ways to run great meetings, and it takes takes us all to find the the magic for that particular mm. company. Well, I, I'm gonna. I'd like to follow up with you if that's okay. Um, Please do. I, I love the term "collaborate aggressively." I think mm. that is brilliant yeah. because I, I'm gonna. I may, I may borrow that. Is that okay? Oh, please do. Okay. <laughs> awesome, Elise. Enjoy Portland, Oregon. It's one of my favorite cities oh, in all of the awesome. United States. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, okay. Take care. Talk soon. Thanks. See you, Bye. Bye-bye. And now it's time for the Boiling Point Takeaways. This is the incredible um, Elise who we just spoke to. And wow, that was that was great. It's, it was, it's funny, all the topics that we, we get to talk about, Dave, on the Boiling Point podcast, there's so many things that I wouldn't think about meetings being a full topic. But it is so important. Well, you know, having a business that's focused on helping people have more effective meetings, I, I think it's brilliant. So, so a takeaway for me is, um, is that, you know, I kind of, I'm aware of it, but it was a big reminder. And she said there's 16 different types of meetings and you should know which kind of meeting you're in. Is this a, um, a decision-making? Is this an update meeting? I mean, she has all these terms. Um, so, you know, it's just a good reminder because if you know what the meeting is, um, then you know what the purpose is, and then you don't start to like cross pollinate meetings. So, so that was a takeaway for me. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna. You know, yeah. I'm assuming you were filming me, not you. Okay, yeah. and you want me to go you vertical see, on you? Uh, ah! You are funny. So for our listeners, Dave is actually uh, filming me right now horizontally. Great work, Dave. Nursing. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed that interview. Uh, again, meetings is something that I unfortunately do feel like I'm I'm dying with a, a million cuts because I just live a calendar full of meetings constantly and uh, to a point where it's overwhelming for me. So um, I'm always trying to find ways to, if I'm hosting a meeting, how do I do it tighter, quicker, more effective, make sure everybody's voice is heard. Um, However, with Hemings House, we've really, I feel like we've gotten to a good groove of our weekly morning meeting. It's usually an hour and a half. It could be tighter, but we go over everything from sales, marketing, what are some of the challenges, some of the, uh, some of the wins, what, uh, you know, upcoming events, and the whole team feels like they're up to speed. Now, a few times uh, we put the halt on everything and said, is this meeting working? 
And people said, well, sort of, but can we do this or that? And we adjusted. So I like what Elise was saying. She was able to uh, give me the confidence that we did the right thing, Dave, mm-hmm. you know, in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make sure your people co-design how your meetings are going to go. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was a, that was an awesome interview. So, so I would say for anyone that wants to learn about meetings or anyone that feels like their meeting isn't as successful as it could be should listen to this podcast, okay? Um, and um, and I want to acknowledge what you guys are doing, Greg, which is, um, I think is brilliant, which is, you know, stopping and saying, hey, is this working for everyone? Everyone's, I know, I'm guessing you do that, what, like once a month sort of thing? Yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome. Because cause then you, how can you adjust if you don't, and you're assuming people give you honest feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And one last thing, if you're a leader of a company, don't lead the meeting. That's a good little tip from me. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, thank you, everybody. This has been another awesome uh, interview on uh, the Bowling Point Podcast. And if you want to go deeper with Greg and Dave, um, check out the BoilingPointProcess.com and uh, take a whirl through our free online course that we have launched. It's exciting. It's all about being heard in a, in a noisy market. Thank you, Dave. You just grabbed the camera for me. And uh, yeah, so BoilingPointProcess.com. Check it out. And uh, you can hear what Dave and I have been yammering around on about for so many months now. We're really excited to finally launched. Have a good one, guys. See you, Dave. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.